This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. going on guys welcome back to another episode of talking halos i am your host today jared tims and i am joined alongside brock davis brock long time no see how you doing my man pretty good a lot's happened it lot has happened since i've been on yes a lot has happened we'll we will touch on all that stuff because i know you want to give your two cents on all of those moves but first before we get going any further guys we have an extremely fun show planned like always but i just wanted to say thank you so much for all of the support you've given us on all social media aspects, it has been fan-freaking-tastic. I know Brock and I are having a lot of fun on Instagram now that we have that up and going. And actually, more tip the cap to Brock because he's the guy that's kind of been running that whole thing and he's done a fantastic job. So if you don't follow us there on Instagram yet, please, please, please go do that. So we can, we're doing so much stuff. We're doing polls, a lot of fun postings, a lot of you know question Q&As on there and you know, we're going to keep it keep it rolling on there. So, guys, if you like what we have going on, please, please, please tell a friend. I th- that's how we that's how we expand word of mouth. You know, so if you like what we have going on here, please tell a friend. Let them know that we are doing a great job, and if they're interested in an Angels podcast, that they should listen to ours here at Talking Halos. As always, please subscribe to this podcast and give us a review because we are on basically every podcast network get that out there give us a subscribe so you can tell when we are getting our new podcast out and as always if you have any questions topic ideas or want to join us for an episode of talking fans we haven't done that in a while we haven't had anybody really want to come on and talk please 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 shoot us a message on twitter i am at jared underscore tims you can always message Brock at B-D-R-O-X-8. And always, you can send us an email, talkinghalos at gmail.com. And like I said before, don't forget to follow us. We're on basically every social media. Just look us up, Talking Halos. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and also Facebook. I know we haven't had too much interaction on Facebook lately, but we will get that going soon enough. And as always, guys, we do have to pay the bills, so give us one minute to do that. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of this program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course 
full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk a little bit of Angels baseball and you know, I want to just kind of start this off with saying, Brock, you know, you've been missing out yes. a little bit here. Let's uh, let's get your two cents on all these moves. What which move do you want to talk about first? Um, I don't think I was on. Uh, I think I haven't been on basically since like a couple of days before Quintana, if I remember correctly. Yeah. No. So I let's. I want to get your two cents on Quintana and see how, you know, how do you like that move? Um, I personally like it. I just, um, it's kind of one of the perspective things that it's hard to say, you know, whether you want or don't want a player or like or don't like a move until you know what the final result's going to look like. I like Quintana himself, but I won't like the signing if it's the only thing we do. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I can almost promise you, guarantee you, that they're going to go out and get some more pitching, whoever it is. So don't, you know, don't fret about that. But with this Jose Quintana signing, does it, you know, kind of remind you of what the Angels have done in recent years, whether it's, you know, Cahill, Harvey, Lincecum, you know, any of those guys, really? Personally, I think I think he, ha- he has a lot more potential and upside than Cahill and Harvey did. So I don't, I don't know if I can necessarily compare it to that. I, I know that we signed him to a one-year deal, but I, I still think that he's – a tier above where Cahill and Harvey were when we signed them to one-year deals, personally. Yeah, I know, and I, I definitely agree with you. Like I said, guys, I know we're backtracking here and talking about Quintana, but, again, you know, it's just it's such an important topic because it does really feel like the Angels are just going to continue to follow the same thing they've done in the recent years, which is go out and not spend all that money on pitching, even though, you know, it seems like pitching is the way that they need to go. And, you know, again, we are now almost all the way through January, and I think they're still missing out on one pitcher. So, again, I just feel like this move had so many similarities to even Julio Tehran. Though, I said this on previous podcasts when we had Nate Green on, one of my buddies. It's very similar, but I do like the upside, exactly what you said. I like the upside of Quintana. I know he was hurt last year, but it feels like, there is a lot more upside with Quintana and everything that he's done. So, yeah. What about Musgrove? Because I feel like you have a little two cents on the Musgrove and tie-on deals. Trades, should I say. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that we missed out on Musgrove. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious how far of an extent the Angels were in on those trade talks in comparison to what actually ended up happening, you know, which is always kind of – one of the reasons why I've always thought it would be kind of cool to work in an organization or in some sort of office position so you could kind of get that backdoor story. But, yeah, it sucks. I would have been a lot more upset if it was if we missed out on a 
Marquez if Marquez got moved and we didn't get him. I wasn't always I wasn't super high on Musgrove. I, I definitely I think he was a top top three trade target for me, but I still always liked Marquez a lot more. But yeah, it's <laughs> Padres are Padres are making moves and good for them. Yeah, they are. They they definitely are. And you kind of bring up an interesting point, and I guess it can kind of be one of our first topics that we talk about here is with Marquez and everything going on, doesn't it kind of feel like if the Angels were going to make a trade already that they would have done it already? Um, yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, I can't I can't keep track of when, like, when free agency and when the trades are happening because it's just been, it's, you know, one off season things move somewhat quickly, and then the next nothing happens until we're two weeks out from spring training, and it's just back and forth. And at this point, I'm kind of just in the mode that basically anything could happen until the season starts is kind of where my head's at. And that's how I've been kind of the last two off seasons when, when we were waiting to sign Garrett Cole or waiting to sign pitching. Like like last year, I was just, well, you know what? Like, I'm just going to wait until everybody's out there on the field and we have our opening day roster. And that's when I say we're going to be done. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I, I feel that. And, you know, the market is been very up and down and unstable, and I, I, I get that. But for me, it, it definitely feels like if a trade were to, you know, be in play, that it would have already happened by now, especially one of that magnitude. Now, I could totally be wrong, and the Angels, you know, could go out and trade Adele and Marsh or, you know, Rodriguez, Detmers, some of those guys. But for me, it just kind of feels like if it if it has didn't happen yet, it's not going to happen at all. And that's even after the Angels... Whether whether or not they go out and get Bauer, that's that's even after that. So for me, you know, I I think that the trade market is always going to be open, you know. But it wouldn't surprise me if that trade market really isn't there for the Angels, especially after the trades that we saw with at the beginning with Snell and Darvish in particular, and now Musgrove. So like I I just feel like at this point the trade market is kind of going away and that you can kind of center your thoughts on whether or not you want to get Bauer. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if you feel that way as well, if the trade market, you know, might be kind of cutting off a little bit for the Angels. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've kind of just been in the mindset of, you know, I have no idea what's happening behind closed doors, and I'm just <laughs> going to wait and wait and see what happens and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And that's something that the Angels have really prioritized, I guess, in the recent years is just keeping things on the down low. And it, I said it in the last podcast, yes, it definitely pisses people off, but that's just how it kind of rolls. Just all of a sudden we'll hear about it. And then the angels have signed the guy. Like it feels like it just comes out of nowhere. You even think about Rendon, Otani in a sense. I know the angels were in on Otani the entire time or crowd extension. crowd extension. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. It really does. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me again if, the Angels just went out and got Bauer, but at the same time, it definitely wouldn't surprise me. And, of course, that's going to bring us on to our next talking point, and that is how long can you give Bauer until you kind of give up on him? Because once Bauer signs, the price of pitching is going to go up. Yeah. Whether that's, I mean, o- you know, whether that's Odorizzi or whether that's going out and getting in- any of those guys, it's, it's going to go up a considerable amount once – once Bauer once Bauer goes to his place, and actually, when you think about it, it kind of feels like Bauer is kind of doing te- doing teams a 
favor at the moment and helping that price really stay down. Because we're definitely going to see Taiwan, like guys like Taiwan Walker go shoot up. Tanaka's price will go up. Arietta will probably go up. I mean, guys like that. Paxton will probably go up. So at what point, you know, my question is, do you just kind of say, heck, screw Bauer. Let's go ahead and get actual pitching and we can stay a little bit cheaper and also maybe spend a little money in right field as well. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's kind of hard, but you know, when you're basically seeing everywhere that it's possible that we're really one of the main teams in on Bauer and, and one of the only teams in on Bauer, according to some of the experts that have said that other teams are more or less just keeping an quote eye on the market of Bauer rather than actually targeting him like the Angels have been said to do. So it's it's kind of hard. I You know, I really don't know what's taking so long or what the holdup is. I, I, I really don't understand it. I don't know why he hasn't signed yet. It, it, it None of this stuff has ever made sense to me of why it's just like, all right, well, once you get the deal you like, why, you know, just sign. Like, I don't understand why it takes so long to work out those logistical points. But just everything that I'm seeing from – reporters and expert predictions of who's getting who like everybody's putting Bauer with us and I think that that just stems from we're the only team so far that reporters have actually linked Bauer to actually realistically signing with because all the other teams have kind of already made their their main point moves and they're not really thinking that they're going to go after him for the price that he's going to require you know i.e. the Mets the Dodgers, some other teams that have been their names have been thrown out there, the Blue Jays, etc. But they're not too sure whether or not they're in the better, best financial position to sign Bauer in comparison to to us having basically the exact amount necessary. Yeah, and at this point, would it even surprise you if we went and signed a one year deal for like thirty to thirty five million dollars with somebody? I think the only team that he'll he would sign a one year deal with would be the Dodgers. Personally, and I, I, I say that because I think that's the only really team that would benefit from that significantly would be the Dodgers. I think that, and, and you know, I, I remember, I can't remember what player it was, but the Dodgers were talking about signing somebody two or three off seasons ago to like a very short term, very expensive deal. And I can't remember who it was. I think it was when Arenado was available or something, they were talking about signing him to like a one-year $40 million, like something crazy. Maybe it wasn't him, but either way, I think they're really the only team that if they were to get Bauer, it would significantly help them for the one year, and then they would be kind of like over it and get, get the financial flexibility back that they had before. And Bauer would, you know, at least in my opinion, if Bauer, if I were Bauer and the Dodgers offered me one year 30 to $40 million to come play, with like a 75% chance of winning a World Series again, I'd probably do it, you know, but it would just suck if he's not confident in performing well again this year like he did last year. He's going to hurt his value in the next offseason for another potential long-term deal. So I, I think it's risky for him to sign anything less than three or four years. It definitely is risky, but there is another team out there that I think would fit the mold, and that's the New York Mets. Looking at what yeah, they have... Yeah, that's that's a fit that I think really makes a lot of sense going down the road, and the fact that you know they'll probably they would probably give him the money, and it looks seems like to me that they're on like that one year timetable, like they want to win this next year. So 
it, I think the Mets make a lot of sense as well. And again, I don't think it would it wouldn't surprise me at all if he just signed a one year deal and waited for next offseason to sign a a little bit of a bigger deal. So. You know, <laughs> well, you know, the Mets would have to, if they really want to compete, compete, they're going to have to do something more. I, I don't think where they're at right now, they're going to be able to compete with the Padres or Dodgers. Well, yes, 100%. I don't think they can compete with the Atlanta Braves at the moment either. So, yeah, they definitely yeah. Need, they definitely need to do something. They need to stay healthy. And I know this isn't a Mets podcast, but when it comes to Trevor Bauer, you know, anything goes. So I just kind of want to bring that up and think about, I wanted to put that in your head, in people's heads, when do you kind of give up on Bauer and say, you know, we can go get a guy like Odorizzi or a guy like Tanaka or a guy like Paxton for five, seven million dollars cheaper than what he's going to be after Bauer signs? You know, and I know yeah, that I people aren't going to be happy. You give up. That's fair. I just I, people aren't going to be happy about something like that happening. But I think that in, the only way that you go out and get Bauer is if he falls right into your lap, and that's just my opinion. You know, I don't think that. Going out and spending the money or making the trades really make that much of. I, I don't think they help. I don't think Bauer pushes this team into the playoffs. I think you need to go get depth pitching. I really do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to stick that way with it. And you know, it's an unfortunate thing that I think that way because you know I, I wouldn't be upset if Bauer came in, but I think that there's much more needed things than just going out and signing that one guy who's gonna hopefully get you there for that amount of money because I think, you know, running down, going down the road, you really don't have a pitching staff next year besides Griffin Canning. So I think you need to keep the financial money open and see, you know, where that takes you as well as the prospects. I don't think you can trade too many of your prospects that are close, i.e. Chris Rodriguez, Reed Detmers, Oliver Ortega, Denny Brady, guys like that that, you know, may play some type of factor in the Angels, Angels rotation here soon. So, just my two cents on it. I know that people won't be all that happy if they go out and sign a Taiwan Walker or James Paxton or somebody along the lines of that. Jake Odorizzi, I know, is still out there. But if you can get him for cheaper than what he's going to be after Bauer signs, you have to definitely think about doing that. Just my Yeah, point. I mean, it's it's just another one of those questions, another one of those things that it's hard to wrap your head around and hard to come to a final conclusion. I think that if we don't give up on Bauer and try to fight for him till the last second and we lose out on him and say it brings up Odorizzi's cost by two million on average a year or three or four million on average a year, I don't think that makes a difference in who we're gonna have the flexibility to obtain for the rest of the off season or the next few seasons. So personally I just don't think that it would play enough of a role in the, you know, if it were to drive up some of the other pitchers' costs, it, I think it would be minimal enough for you to try to try your hardest to get Bauer. And if you don't, then it kind of it just is what it is, and you have to pick up where, you know, where you can. Yeah, this will be the question until it happens, you know, whether or not you go and get Bauer or whether or not you go and get other pitching. So I just wanted to bring that up and see your thoughts on that thing. And before we get you know, completely going because I know we want to keep this one a little bit shorter. I have a quick question for you. You don't. Have to, you may have to think a little bit on it, but it should be kind of easy. I think the Angels are three pieces away from really finishing this team off. I think they need a right fielder, a starting pitcher, and a reliever. Fill those holes with whatever you'd like to do. Putting you on the spot. Finally, get one one starter, one reliever, and a right fielder. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. They can be with the Angels at the moment. You know, you can sign for them. You can trade for them. What? realistically, what do you think that they are going to do? Not if you had it your way, but realistically. 
I think it is around the realm of possibility or realist, uh, being realistic. I would say I'm going to do a trade for Blackman Marquez, kill two birds with one stone, and I'm going to trade uh, probably Patrick Sandoval and Jordan Adams for Josh Hader. I like that. I mean, you're basically spending very I, I don't similar know. amounts. I don't know who we're trading for Blackman and Marquez. I, that's gonna. That's too much. I, I, I can't think of that off the top of my head, but just the simple trade package that I think could get it done for Hader uh, with where the Brewers are positioned at in their division, I think, I think an Adams and Sandoval type package could possibly get that done with Hader. Definitely, yeah. And I, I don't know if the Angels would make those type I don't think, like I said, I don't think the trade market is really there for them at the moment. If something falls into their laps, then I could see it happening. But I just, I don't know if it's quite there at at the moment for them. You know, anything could happen. I really do. I think anything could happen. And we just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So could that those trades happen? 100%. But I think it's going to end up being the way of the free agent market. And that's just my two cents. I'm not even going to give players because there are so... It could go any any direction there with it, and it could be Taylor Ward out in right field. They could platoon him with somebody, you know. They could, I don't know. They they could go get Bauer, and that's it. So there are a lot of different options for that. And you know, I just want to give you know final thoughts here. Anything you feel going on here? No, I mean, there's not much news. There's you know, it's hopefully it starts moving and we get some something to work with here in the next few days and. To get a little more excited and have something you know else to talk about. Yeah, you know, hopefully we uh, don't have to do these short podcasts that much longer. You know, with baseball season right around the corner, spring training, all of that fun stuff, and also hopefully we get some Angels moves here so we can, of course, talk about it a little bit more and more. So thanks, guys, so much for listening to this podcast, and have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.